you are listening to the Horizon CIO podcast. Listen to episode 62 to discover how eSynergy solutions help build teams and capability and can embed you in their network of 200,000 plus developers. They can also help you improve diversity, upskill your teams and raise your brand profile through their bespoke events with partners including AWS, Scala, Lightbend and Rehab. To find out more, visit www.esynergy-solutions.co.uk. Welcome to this Horizon CIO podcast with me, Mark Chillingworth. Last year, we visited Bristol and spoke to CIOs Kevin Borley and Barney Smith, who are making Brunel City a smart city. My guests this week are working on making the nation's capital smart. Please welcome Theo Blackwell, London's first Chief Digital Officer, and Stephen Doherty, CIO for the South London and Moors, the NHS Trust, and Chair of the London CIO Council. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thank you. Theo, from the outside of the public sector, could you start by perhaps explaining what the remit of a CDO is for a city like London? Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, this is London's first Chief Digital Officer, call it, uh, covering all of the public services in our great city. Uh, it has three main functions. And first of all, let me explain what need it meets. In 2015, the tech community got together, as well as some uh, people from pro- progressive uh digital leaders and public services mm-hmm. got together to put forward the idea that London suffered from a collaboration deficit, that we had all of these mo- moving parts, 32 boroughs, over 40 NHS trusts, schools, higher education, further education, tech community, and together we were somehow lesser than the sum of our parts. Although London does great things, it's a hotbed for uh, innovation that's the innovation that happens in, in London somehow clouded the sense that we could move to the next level that we could be greater than the sum of our parts so they pressed very heavily for a chief digital officer much like the one established in New York and for mayoral candidates to commit to appointing a CDO in City Hall to bring things together uh, my role is focused on essentially public service transformation and making us more open to the innovation that's happening in the tech community and our major institutions, universities and such like. So it has three main functions. One is to promote leadership within the city, digital leadership within our public services. Secondly, to create a institution that enhances collaboration between all of our moving parts. And thirdly, to really push forward the boundaries of public service innovation to help us explain our needs and citizen needs in a way that the tech sector can fully grasp uh, to set challenges that we can work and uh, and share the opportunity to solve London's problems. And is part of that to ensure the city keeps growing? Because it is a a technology hotbed. We're right here in King's Cross, surrounded by tech firms. Your previous role was here in Camden with responsibility for finance, technology and growth in that in that borough Mm -hmm. how much is your role is helping this city keep growing as a digital hub that's got to be uh, fundamental actually we're sitting here in king's cross i remember negotiating king's cross uh, uh, and what was going to happen within king's cross over 10 years ago and we've seen a wonderful transformation Mm -hmm. here with major tech hub in its own right now when the city hall did some research i think back in 2013 2014 and looked at the size of the tech sector and the number of clusters in London. It was then at around 30 or 40. Since then, you've had an explosion in people creating even more tech clusters in areas that we hadn't even imagined. People are now talking about London as a real 
uh, hotbed for artificial intelligence. London fundamentally gets the benefits of convergence, that the more people in the tech sector and our major institutions are around each other, the more people see new opportunities to advance uh, technology and its uh, commercial benefits and, of course, its benefits to Londoners. So fundamental to my role is to ensure that that organic growth is fully supported in connectivity, how we're open for talent, and how the public sector is responsive to the changes that are taking place around it. And to take that journey, to to make this a more collaborative outcome, there's a Smart London plan, I believe, and a board that's that's enabling that to come to happen, and that's where the two of you you work together. Is that correct? Explain how that works to me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean... What we're doing at the moment is uh, my work to develop a new smart London vision. It's almost a challenge for the city that's set by the mayor last year at London Tech Week to make London the smartest city in the world. So I'm advised by a board which is made up of representatives of business, tech community, civil society, startups. And I also work extremely closely with colleagues from uh, local councils both the chief executive and a CIO level, and with our colleagues in the NHS. And what we're doing at the moment, we're about two-thirds of the way through a big listening tour of all of these major institutions, talk to citizens as well about their needs and their views about data. So bringing it together with a list of, as it were, missions for London to solve that collaboration deficit. And where I fit in with... Stephen, colleagues from the uh, NHS, is the NHS is an absolutely key part of us being a smarter city. And unlike other cities in in the world, certainly not in the UK, of course, but other cities in the world, our closeness to the NHS and our health institutions, the research facilities, the immense learning that's going on, and of course the data that it has, is really, really fundamental to a vision of London, a particular vision of London as a smart city. Stephen, we've known each other for years, and and this talk <clears throat> collaboration must speak loads to you because you've all, you know, I, I've seen you over the years bring in uh, tech firms, startups, VR into health service and, and in education and and what have you. How important is it to what you're trying to do at, uh, at Slam? Oh, I, I think it's um, it's ex- extremely important, and um, I, I like the the, the the term you used there, a collaboration deficit. There, Theo, mm-hmm. I like that. However, what's really heartening to see is that since I became the, the the chair of the London CIO Council about a year and a half ago, the the collaboration is there across trust with IT leaders and CIOs. So that's starting to happen now from a health perspective from an NHS perspective we are uh, London is um, uh, split up into five what we call sustainability transformation partnerships mm-hmm. and that's all about bringing the people in your patch so there's southeast there's southwest there's northeast northwest and north central uh, and working with your commissioning groups your your GP practices and primary care um, and also uh, social care we're working with your local authorities as the money trickles down into the, the system the concern at the time was that if we're all trying to achieve the same outcomes for our population, potentially you've got five lots of uh, activity trying to achieve the same outcomes, which which, which is not uh, really efficient. So with that, we formed the London Digital Board 
and uh, it, it started meeting about three months ago and the idea behind that is to oversee this activity and make sure you've got senior representation across the patch so we have um, senior representatives from each STP, each Sustainability Transformation Partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Public Health England. Uh, we've got the London Ambulance sitting at the table. And of course, we've, we were hooked in with Theo because Theo's sitting at the table as well and, and, and regional representatives. So with that, that's how we are going to oversee what we do. And working closely with Theo and the Mayor's office means that we're joined up and we don't have that collaborative Deficit. Yeah, and I, and I think this is a really, really interesting time uh, for digital transformation of public services mm -hmm. because we've had devolution happening in combined authorities and in London, which, you know, has a diff different constitutional arrangements to the rest of the country, uh, admittedly, but is essentially uh, devolution is also t taking place here. So the mayor's having more powers over the NHS, he's yeah. got powers over further education directly delivering it now it's taking a really hands-on uh, approach to the police mm -hmm. transport for london so there's a real devolution drive from whitehall to london and part of that is working really really closely with the nhs which itself is obviously going through reform so there is a moment here where you've got a convergence of technological innovation from the tech sector more powers to local democratic authorities and a thirst and drive for reform. And I think crucially, you've got um, customer expectations, citizen expectations rising as people get more comfortable with the use of technology, uh, both in their daily lives and their at home and their at work, which means that I think there's a real moment for reform. Uh, here, which uh, hasn't existed in in this combined way for a long, long time. And, and by that devolution argument, do you also believe that London's almost uh, charting a territory for the other devolved Manchester and those other uh, mayoral cities that came along in in last year's elections? We will see this this trend grow and and this collaboration grow. Yeah, to, to a certain extent, there are there are. Um, there's innovation that's happened in Manchester, Greater Manchester, certainly around healthcare, mm -hmm. that we, we we follow and look at really closely. They did some great groundwork before, uh, you know, directly uh, elected mayors. There's some great work happening yeah. up in Scotland as well. We we don't see London necessarily leading in everything, we but we're looking very closely. Manchester leads as well. Leads what Leeds is doing with the NHS. Yeah. And we're working really closely as CDOs and CIOs with them because we all face the same problems, same common challenges. So it's it's a it's a real learning exercise too, I'd say. And the Smart London Plan has a set of areas to improve the city. What, what, are, the, what are those improvements and, and where as citizens or, or workers here will we see those? So the first um, step that we're going to take is actually to take a step back. Much of the debate around technologies focuses on things like artificial intelligence uh, robots automation drones um, smart mobility there's great innovation happening uh, at the moment you know we've we are testing autonomous vehicles and drones in London uh, as we speak but what lies behind innovation is data 
And so what we need to do first is take a step back and look at the fundamentals. Firstly, we need to set up a better way of working collaboratively. And we're proposing to set up the London Office for Technology and Innovation that will bring leading public service organisations together. That's uh, step one. Step two, we want to reboot the city's approach to the use of data, improving data sharing agreements between certainly local councils, but also um, in the NHS. And so we want a new deal for city data, which also involves the mayor speaking about the civic benefits of public data. I think that there's a real space for us to talk about that. It's not data isn't just something to be played with by commercial interests. It's also for uh, citizens. Yeah. And so one of the things that I want to talk about is, is, and this is really really heartening to see this this coming together so we are at a real moment in time when things are starting to align so nhs england from the center has has invited um you know regions to bid for additional funds to develop what's called the local health and care record mm. exemplar right so today um you have various pockets around so you talk about manchester you've got uh, up in uh, newcastle etc yeah. and leeds yeah. etc and, and pockets of london where the the care records are, are joined up within the patch yeah. now that that's okay for for the local level but part of the london digital board so two weeks ago uh, we all put our name to uh, a document which is the bid to go in to create this uh, shared care record for london for londoners so that means that people that can traverse different parts of the city can be presented at different um, NHS buildings and social care, it will be joined up. And now that's one of the key things that we're going to go after. So this is a really good initiative and, and we hopefully we'll, we'll get the, the, the bid successful. Brilliant. And that's so that's one example of, so if I was talking about collaboration, rebooting our approach to data, so being much more collaborative around that approach. I mean, the the integrated care record might not mean much to the average punter, but will be uh, really revolutionary in how London approaches healthcare between GPs and so on. Yes, but you might want to... Well, because what, what, what we can do with that is then you start to go into sort of proactive, predictive and proactive care right. um, and around population health management. Yeah. So you can understand what's going on with the population. It's a more joined up approach. With that, so you can use that data for the innovation side on top of that. And I think that's where we'll start to get, you know, a, a lot of good stuff happening. Let, let me give you an example through my experience with... Uh, when I was at Camden Council, population 230,000, we uh, um, public health teams were devolved to us a couple of years ago. So suddenly epidemiologists were part of the <laughs> officer core. And they uh, said to us that really good data comes with larger populations. And of course, London councils and PCTs only deal with relatively small populations. But once you get up to population size about 750,000 a million people then you can really start looking at trends and doing analyses in completely different ways mm. so improving the sort of size of the population that you can analyze will bring uh, public benefits so collaboration rebooting public data so going back to your your question about what are the elements of our smart approach improving connectivity and here the NHS plays a really key role too because what we want to do is mobilise public assets to improve the fibre network of London. So at the moment, we're using TFL pre-dug tunnels um, yeah. to lay fibre um, through uh, most of London. 
and then we can do digs and we've been successful for the first time in a big a bid to uh, department of culture media and sport from the stations to public institutions to extend that fiber network and we work very closely with the nhs and local councils on that yeah. and so we just want a big uh, pot of money on that and that eradicates not spots which has benefits to the population of improving connectivity business and uh, you know residential um uh, access fourth area is uh, skills and training really important uh, for yep. for the nhs and the fifth area i think is a uh, real focus on uh, for us uh, uh it's a really important thing about diversity in the d- uh, development of digital services which is a real focus on service design because london whether it's the nhs or uh, any provider of digital services has to design services which respect diversity so those five areas brought together collaboration data connectivity talent uh, and service design are, are really big areas for us. And it sounds to me that you two working together and your peers, London CIO Council is all the, the NHS trust CIOs in London, isn't it? Um, you're preventing the duplication of effort, which the public sector and everyone in business, and we've all worked in businesses in our careers, suffers from, doesn't it? The, you, you seem sounds like you've got a real focus on preventing that Yes, so, so, so when I took over as the chair of the London CIO Council, um, and then it was, I was made aware that the local authorities actually have a CIO council as well. So, so we got in touch and we said, you know what, let's, let's reciprocate yeah. uh, and let's start to build that relationship. Um, and, and that's worked because we now understand what's going on at the local authority level and vice versa. So you start to build the, the relationships, you start to open up the collaboration. Uh, and subsequently, when Theo... Uh, came on board as the, the CDO. Theo's been to a couple of the councils as well, which has then led us on to creating the London Digital Board, which obviously Theo's sitting on as well. So I think it's building upon the whole goodwill and everybody buying into the fact what we need to do for the population of, of London and make it a smart city and, and make sure that the health is all joined up with the social care as well. So let's not forget that. And it sounds to me that actually what you're saying is you're building a culture, a culture of collaboration, yeah. a culture of sharing and, 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 and deduplication. Yeah, and I think for that to happen, you need to have a little moment where you're like building institutions where people can come together. Like-minded, progressive CIOs and CDOs can come together, share information, create forums, as I say, institutions where they can start bidding for projects together and start doing things in groups rather than alone. If you were to look on a sort of bird's eye view of what we know about London's technology estate, uh, what digital services essentially operate the things that we provide citizens, the data that we hold, how computable that is, what are their vulnerabilities? We don't have a full enough picture or, in my view, an acceptable enough picture about what happens across, certainly across councils. I think the, the state of play in the NHS is probably slightly better but what's our technology estate and our capabilities for the future and the opportunities to embrace further innovation? That's a really, really big question. So I think a bit of time for us to take a step back and do that proper work will lay the foundations for, I think, rapid innovation in the future. Yeah, but it, but I think that the, the, the sort of the momentum is there now. So right. people are joining up and people understand that, you know what, we can do this. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, th- this bid that, that's gone in for the, the local health and care record exemplar, you know, probably a few years ago, that would be unheard of because you've got multiple trusts, multiple agencies joining up 
And the fact is that we all put our name to it. Theo put his name to it. Sadiq signed a letter of it support has, yeah. against that bid. So the power of that, and Sadiq it's and it, it, the mayor of London. Yes, yeah. and it, and it's um, you know the 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 document is one London. So basically, we're all coming together to make this happen. Yeah. yeah. You are listening to the Horizon CIO podcast. Listen to episode 62 to discover how eSynergy solutions help build teams and capability and can embed you in their network of 200,000 plus developers. They can also help you improve diversity, upskill your teams and raise your brand profile through their bespoke events with partners including AWS, Scala, Lightbend and Rehab. To find out more, visit www.esynergy-solutions.co.uk. You mentioned the collaboration and the data. TFL's done a great thing uh, with uh, opening up its data and that's enabled private companies to, to, to innovate on top of that. How much is that going to be part of this? We, As you say, we're sitting in a, in a tech hub right here, right now. Are we going to see more companies accessing Stephen's data, your data, and doing interesting things with it? So I think we are from a, you know information and digital revolution. We're at an inflection point. I think we're at a really important moment so the public awareness around data has been heightened with the uh, general data protection regulation which kicks in in about two weeks time um you know so that's 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 all over the news and media and then obviously the 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 recent events around data um hasn't hasn't helped us as well so the public are very aware of what's going on and the fact is that you know everyone's got devices everyone's always on connected and generating lots of data now yes there's a concern um, with the public but what we have to do is to to have the sensible conversations with our population and and be fully transparent about what we'd want to achieve with that and, and make it more of a partnership because it would be a shame if we didn't move forward given where we are sitting here in king's cross given the amount of tech industry that's just around this area never mind the rest of london mm. it would be a shame if we didn't foster innovation by making use of the data so i think we're at a really important point now and we need to have that that conversation and we need to to listen to people and, and make them a partner in what we're trying to achieve with this you know we, we, we've got to to move forward because we did yeah. we did miss that five years ago didn't we with the GP um, data, yeah. uh, the Daily Mail and, and others got themselves in a right tiz about it. And actually, largely, the ethos was correct, but the moment was lost. It's the approach and the transparency and making yeah. sure that you're, you're having dialogue with people. Well, I think um, I think there are two aspects. London is already seen as a lo- leading smart city because of the steps that TfL made in opening up a huge array of data, which essentially created city mapper which is you know uh, valued uh, over well over a hundred million dollars uh, it's got a community of 12,000 developers there are you know, 80 live apps uh, what they've done there has showed has has led the way which we can capitalize on the public understanding of data over the summer TFL TFL oh, last summer TFL did an inter- really interesting experiment where the Wi-Fi in 145 tube stations was used to track how people were taking their journeys. Now, this is important because there's there's no uh, capability to build 
more tunnels on tube lines, we need to make sure that trains move more smoothly and the passenger journey is as smooth as possible through London. Why? Because it's going to grow by a million people in the next 20 years. The way in which TfL has been able to lead on that, to talk to people about how their data is being used, it's a really, really important foundation for this. <laughs> Having lots of data, there's a group of people who kind of will think, oh, well, if you just put lots of data out there, then that will just sort of, you know, will let a thousand flowers bloom and that will kind of create value. More things need to happen for that data to be useful. Yeah. One is... Um, we need to have people to analyse that data. And that doesn't just mean people in the tech community coming and looking at things. It means professionals like doctors and nurses, uh, medical professionals who are skilled up in data analysis as well, or be able to work in teams to do uh, to make the most out of it, including you know public service officials as well. Sure. And the second thing is that when this comes together... We need to set city-wide challenges in order to mobilise that data. So just having data there isn't isn't good enough. And we see that from the private sector, really, because people have lots of data that they just don't Uh, use. Yeah, and and, and from that, um, I think that probably preempts the the next part, is is around, I think, historically, small to medium enterprises and innovative little companies trying to get into the NHS has has, has probably been quite difficult for them. Historically, a lot of CIOs have, have been in run mode um, and, and obviously um, IT and digital was seen as a cost centre. A lot of them reported into CFOs, yep. um, obviously since the, the financial crash of 2008. However, seeing that starting to change now, which is good. Um, and, and one of the initiatives, um, so digitalhealth.london, um, they uh, accept, a, they go through a process, they accept a cohort of these SMEs um, and it's like an accelerator program. Basically, what it is, it's, it's getting them in front of the right people within the NHS to try and help to foster the innovation. So that, that's happening now, and that's really good to see. And how much of this is going to help reduce the burden of the state? Well, I mean, on the taxpayer, there's certainly it will help make our services more efficient and more responsive, um, without a doubt. I think... For me, it, there's a, there'll be transformation within the workforce, kinds of professionals that are now spending a lot of time in meetings will be able to do things that may well be more hands-on. And so the reduction in bureaucracy, I think, will have a transformative effect in ways of working. Putting a figure on it is difficult, but the way in which people work will change. Yep. The challenge for leadership is to direct that in ways that are, that, it, that increase the productivity benefits of it. Yeah, and coming back to the, the, the whole sort of population health management, if you... You know, if, if we can join up, which is what we're going to do, um, the, the health and care records, you can start to, to look at that data and then you, you're more proactive around predicting and, and intervening around improving right. the, the health yeah. um, of citizens. But also you start to empower them to self-manage conditions. So that's out with the hospitals. So when people go into the hospitals, that's, that's when the burden is in terms of the, the financial costs. Mm. But also it's a better experience for people and we can use... Um, digital digital technologies to help people to self-manage conditions and with that data that that generates that allows um, clinicians and, and, and consultants to get a sort of more rounder longitudinal view of the person as well so 
with this data and, and giving people the ability to, to self-manage conditions, then that's going to uh, ease the burden as well on the taxpayer. Yeah. Uh, and we've lived with austerity for a long time, but you mentioned the, the mayor. Is there funding to invest in technologies to help us understand and, and deliver these savings? Well, first of all, the mayor's putting money into, we'll, we'll put money into citywide collaboration, developing the institutions that we need in order to make this happen. Secondly, he'll put money into city-wide challenges and we also look to the private sector to help us there. Um, he's invested in a chief digital officer. I think there's also a, a real question that have we mobilised the assets that we're already paying for in London appropriately? We've got data teams, mm -hmm. small data teams yep. all over the place. Every council, NHS trusts, uh, within the school and university system. We have quite a lot of duplication at the moment and I think the future will see discussions about how much money is invested and what it's being used for so we can talk about convergence. But for convergence to happen, we first of all need to build trust and we need to define what our purpose is. London is 32 boroughs, each with an average population of 250,000 each served by town halls um, that do things, which I think we could do things in a probably in a more uh, effective way if we're posing the question, if we're looking at it through that end of the binoculars. Yeah, and I, and I would say from a, a pan-London perspective, we are in a strong position. You know, the funds will come from the centre, obviously in, in, in the form of the, the bid, if we are successful, hopefully. So that's seven and a half million. Seven and a half million, yeah. just to, to, to look at, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that, that might not necessarily sound a lot, but that's a fantastic start, and that's yeah. a great platform to, to start to join up care records. And, and if you've got the likes of London Ambulance involved in that, and they can understand uh, and access data and information on people uh, you know, as they pick them up, then that, that's also a benefit for that. So I think it's, it's a case of if, if we can show what we're all about and, and we are all working together collaboratively. We're all buying in and creating, buying into and creating the vision together that we understand as a city, we can move forward. Then I think it puts us in a strong position to, to ask for additional funds. Yeah, the, the, you know, and to be fair to national government policy, although, you know, as I've argued previously, there is a massive li missing link in the approach to how they see smart cities and digital transformation happening at a municipal level. Mm -hmm. If you look at the NHS, if you look at the funds that are in, they're investing in AI, into GovTech, through in, into the digital catapults, the various uh, the money that they're putting into connectivity and preparing the way for 5G, there is government investment out there. The challenge for London is to move forward with a coherent voice. I think the more London is fragmented or seen as fragmented, the less it is, it will be able to bid for funds that other devolved authorities that are getting their act together are doing. So there's also that kind of side of the challenge, I think, to London. Yep. Um, and what's coming through loud and clear is collaboration, is community and culture, is doing more with less. Uh, what you haven't mentioned, and, and maybe there is no need for, is 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 building infrastructure or, or creating new 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 products and, and that. Uh, Do we need any more infrastructure? Or um, I'm I'm not sure we need any more infrastructure. Uh, I think platforms are, are the way forward. Obviously, um, 
But I think going back to Theo's point around utilisation of assets, so with, with the fibre that, that TFL own, that, that's a great asset. So, so Theo brought me on board with, with that for the, for the bid through the DCMS um, around um, if there are certain parts of London where there are not spots where, where the fibre is, Let's connect up that public sector, that, that NHS building, because it's you know it's it's a hundred yards away or or, or two hundred yards away, and can join in. So we can start to utilise the assets. And one other thing that, from the NHS perspective, is that um, the main connection into the what's called the NHS spine, which holds all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, was being managed by NHS Digital, and that has been devolved as well um, nationally. So what we did is we worked with the Crown Commercial Services and London Procurement Partnership, and we said, you know what, rather than individual trusts and entities going off and and procuring their own link into the spine with uh, compliant vendors, partners, let's do this together. Yeah. And let's go for an aggregated procurement. So that took a few months to pull together, and it was called Once for London. Um, and uh, it, it's now going through the, the evaluation stage, and uh, in about a month's time, all the trusts will have access to this this sort of uh, agreement around buying their own connections to, to get into the spine. So it's, again, showing the, the power of collaboration. And, and deduplication again. Exactly, avoiding duplication. So I'm, I'm not so sure about the need for additional infrastructure. I think Theo's point around, well, what do we have now? Yeah, right, let's have a look. A, there's a, I think there's a big due diligence exercise for the public sector and the private sector. <laughs> I mean, if you went to the big providers there, especially those that have been around for quite a long time, if you look at the uh, utilities, um, you know, engineers that built things in the 60s and 70s, you know, didn't forget to design for the future. But I think, and my challenge would be, I think there may well have been, uh, you know, there are a few missing uh, filing cabinets around somewhere which tells people what assets we have, what ducting that's already there uh, across London that can reduce costs to put in more infrastructure to uh, boost our connectivity. I mean, connectivity is a really big challenge in London because there's, you know, on the one hand, there's a lot of criticism that it's not as good as it should be. But on the other hand, we've been able to support the massive growth of of uh, the tech sector. So uh, it depends who you speak to on these uh, on these things. Um, so I think that's uh, a really, really important area and it's got to be a big focus for us. The second area, if you're thinking about new stuff that we all need to do, is that we all need to have a modern and coordinated approach to cybersecurity and knowing what our vulnerabilities are. And that's going to be a really big focus of our new plan uh, and our work with our public service partners as well. And, and moving from infrastructure to, to the buzzword of our, of our era, digital, CIO Richard Corbridge, one of your peers, Stephen, told this podcast, digital won't save money for organisations, but it will help them cope with rising demand and the new challenges. Is that one of the core reasons behind what you two are working on? Do you think that the demands are going to keep increasing on you and London? Yeah, so, so I think for me, um, uh, certainly... Uh, Within my own trust and, and across London and, and, and regionally and nationally, um, you know, we absolutely need to remove paper. So you, you talk about a filing cabinet. We don't want to have filing cabinets anywhere. <laughs> um, we we want to make sure that, that we give 
clinicians the, the right information and the right tools at the point of care. Now, if, if, if you know, frontline nurses and clinicians have to turn their back to patients because they're busy filling out bits of paper or, or even filling out um, too much data and, and clinical systems, then the, we're all missing the point here. So I think we need to give the the people the right tools that they need the right devices, make sure that we've got um, free NHS Wi-Fi across the patch so that when people go into hospitals, they can stay in contact with friends and family. So there are different benefits to be had. And so we, we need to make sure that we work with our people to co-design these services, but also to understand their needs. Camden actually was a was a was a trailblazer. In terms of John and Omid as CIOs really mm-hmm. managed to rip out a lot of old uh, paper and processes, and, and it's, a, it's a very yeah, slick authority now. Yeah, it? we're uh, opposite the uh, what was called the the new building at Five Pancras Square, and you won't see. Uh, I think that's they went down from twenty two kilometres of paper down to two, um, and that will and they've automated the mail room. I, I go and see a lot of authorities and public service bodies and it's you can really see the difference between those that started on this journey and those that haven't. And, you know, I do, there's a sort of cautionary uh, tale here. You mentioned austerity before. Moving towards the proper use of data internally and business intelligence, which enables you to transform the way you budget, as Camden did, outcomes-based budgeting, mm. um, didn't happen overnight. It took about four or five years. They started in about 2013. Um, we were always mindful of what was called the graph of doom, uh, which said that basically without reform to the statutory services, protecting vulnerable children and mm, yeah. uh, safeguarding children and uh, protecting adults uh, and collecting waste, essentially run out of money by 2021. And with that, you know, eight, eight nine years before a number of councils started on that journey. I wonder with, whether some of our public services now in 2018, who are now all looking for digital, are fully prepared for the fact that this will, won't will happen in two or three years' time. This, will, this actually has to happen over a slightly longer period uh, because you've got to manage staff through that change yeah. and also manage public expectations as well. So a little bit of a cautionary tale there I'd put out. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's a big challenge in, in the NHS as well. So because of the, you know, the, the, the change and, and, and what the digital revolution can bring to us, you know, we have to be mindful of, of making sure that um, we, we don't just only digitise our processes and our care pathways, but if we take people on the journey, then they can start to understand what the... The, the technologies can do for themselves and then they can start to reimagine some of the care pathways and some of the processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it's fundamentally you've got to, if you're, challenge, if you're changing the service to the user, um, it's part of a wider package of changing the way the organisation works. And I don't think you, a digital organisation of the future won't look like a public authority did or an NHS trust did in the, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, with its, you know, hierarchies and and so on, it will it will have to necessarily change, according to that. And that, in a sense, takes leadership from the top, which we call digital leadership, 
which is sometimes slightly put in a box. But a true leader is someone saying we need to adopt the culture and practices of a digital organisation, which by necessity means unpicking where necessary some of the old structures that had seen organisations through previous crises. So, you know, my team probably wouldn't thank me for this, but they understand it, is that I've said that we want to get to a stage where there's no need for IT because everyone has, uh, are, are on the digital platforms, people can use this stuff and they can just get on right. with it. Yeah. So if you think back to, um, I know you know this, Mark, so 2003, Nicholas Carr, um, Harvard Business Review said, and he wrote the book as well, IT doesn't matter. The point was, is that uh, like the railroads and like electricity, it's being commoditized. So, so therefore, the conversations I've had with my team, and they fully embrace this, you know, we are a cloud-first uh, trust, mm. is that you free yourself up the, from the, the shackles of actually managing bits of tin and hardware, and what you do is you go out to your frontline clinicians and right. people across your organisation and help them to adopt and, and work with these new technologies. Yeah. That's a different thing altogether. So the service design movement coming from GDS and others is really, really, really important to this because I think, you know, the idea that you're just able to take small efficiencies each year off services, it comes to a point where you need to really step back and kind of go, who is this actually for? Can we prevent these harms happening and these costs arising? And so looking at the digital service standard and local government digital service standard and the equivalents in the NHS, really, really, really important because that essentially is rebooting services um, and that's a really exciting opportunity as well and I think we've got the kind of intellectual tools now um, to do that supported by technology I'm not saying the tools weren't there before it's just it's the convergence of all of these things is really really beneficial. Theo Blackwell and Stephen Doherty thank you for taking part in the Horizon CIO podcast to share your thoughts on being a CIO and how to bring innovation and leadership together contact me, Mark Chillingworth, on LinkedIn or Twitter. A full article will be published on this debate on horizonbusinessinnovation.com website. Thank you for listening.